Well, hi, everybody. My name is Jim Gehring. I'm a digital strategist and evangelist with Expedient. And we are here today to do a CIO cloud chat with Brad Stokes from Race Winning Brands. Brad, welcome. Thanks, you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice to have you here. I know we've had a few conversations before starting this talk, but really exciting to sit down with you and talk about uh, race winning brands. We just went on a tour of the facility, and it's absolutely awesome. We really appreciate the manager taking the time to get us around that. Um, to start out, uh, tell our audience a little bit about race winning brands. In fact, in that process, if you want a little bit about what's going on behind us, too. Yeah, so maybe we'll start with what's going on behind us. So that machine actually is measuring uh, the uh, schematics of that um, device there. And really, it can measure within, I understand, the width of a hair. So it's uh, pretty precise. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, it's a machine that we some of our high-end customers use. Right. Um, so, you know, again, right here in the quality lab, makes sense that it's here. Yeah, um, yeah Raceway Brands. So, you know, aftermarket power sports. Aftermarket automotive, um, we do everything from pistons to transmissions, to engine blocks, right to you know computers that run vehicles today um, out of our site in, in Australia. Right, right. And obviously a lot, I mean, I've been walking around the place, I see a lot of race cars, I see water vehicles, I see, you know, motorcycles both on and off the track. That's, that's your main mark? It is, it is, right. We started with... Uh, the enthusiast, um, so you know, someone making, you know, hot rod at home. You know, that's when our days of the COVID days really helped our market and you know skyrocket up because everyone had time and extra time on their hands. So right, we do a lot of that. We do um, more semi custom, I'll call it, um, and then we do sell to like the O'Reilly and Napa's of the world too. So amazing, amazing. So we're here today to talk about IT infrastructure, obviously, and you know. And specifically, we're going to talk about edge systems. Yep. Uh, but before we go to that, tell us a little bit about the challenge the business was having in this arena and the challenge that IT was having with it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I joined uh, Raceway Brands about a year ago, um, inherited a lot of technical debt, right? So end of life hardware, um, we're just aging hardware, right? So um, what to do with that, how to approach that um, were kind of the main challenges I kind of ran to. Of course, there's all kinds of things around performance and disaster recovery and business continuity that were kind of a byproduct, um, unfortunately, of, hey, this is the most important thing, but these things are also important. Um, and so we started looking at the cloud, right, which seems to be the, the, the area that one looks at when they try to get out of the on-prem hardware business. And, and we looked at Expedia, right? So we looked at Expedia to help us kind of make that first move. Um, but probably like a lot of folks, not only in our space, but and I think everyone has in IT, what do you do with the edge, right? There's always something that stays behind, which then requires someone to have to administer or support hardware, et cetera. Um, and we were no different, right? So right. hence, here we are. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely a challenge and not, you know, if you're in a primary facility and you have a lot of compute on hand, that's great. But often manufacturing sites are all over the place. Yep. You guys are no different. So it's how do you take care of things out there at the edge with all those other services you talked about, backups and DR and the security, so on and so forth, yet allow those systems to run when they get disconnected, which is the biggest thing, so that the factory floor can keep running. Yeah, absolutely. That went again. No different there. 23, I think, sites globally, uh, 14 in the United States. 
obviously I don't have staff, you know, in, in manufacturing everywhere. Everyone's trying to run as lean as they can or we're no different, right? Right. So I don't have the ability to have a person at all these sites, um, nor would I want to, quite honestly, right? So again, how do I best achieve supporting, you know, what's there in those sites? And they could be, you know, very remote sites, like maybe like a Boise, Idaho, or they could be in our backyard in Cleveland or in Detroit. Right, right. And what were we coming from before Expedient came in with an edge solution for you? And if I could set this up for you a little bit, I mean, my understanding is having served this market in past lives, so to speak, in this business, um, you're dealing with those remote sites. You can't have somebody on site, but it starts even before that, like procuring the system, having the right system, getting it there, having somebody set it up, like all the way through until it's then running and support is needed break fix if something goes wrong with it. Tell us a little bit about where you were before you came to this solution. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exactly where we were, right? So we had have an edge site that likely would not have an IT support person. So either I'd have to send one of my guys or gals down there, right? Or up there, um, or I'd have to partner with a MSP, maybe perhaps, right? To provide support. And then again, you know, beyond that, it was, the challenge would be, let's say that something does break to your point, like, then you have to go order replacement parts and install the parts, right? And so there's all kinds of different challenges with that, right? So right. not just, hey, can I identify someone? Sure, I could, but then they're supporting the hardware. Maybe they're supporting the virtualization layer. Maybe they're supporting the server layer, right? Or maybe they're supporting one piece, but not the other, right? So we still have all these gaps that could exist, right? So right. very challenging to support remotely um, in that way. And, and really, you know, hard for us to bring new sites on, which is also something we do pretty commonly in our businesses. We go acquire a company, we're running the same challenges over and over again. So what, what's the solve for that? Yeah, yeah. And it, so to your point, not just setting it up, but with different people supporting different parts, depending on what it is when it breaks, that means that getting somebody out there and the time it takes to do that means that parts of manufacturing floor could be down. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's I mean, that's the one nice thing and bad thing about manufacturing in my, my world is, hey, it, it, when, when something's down, there's a true cost of that, which helps the justification. But also, hey, when something's down, it costs us money. And that's a real thing. That's a real issue. So right. it's not a, like a, an outage where you could take and you're like, hey, we're down a little bit and production may be impacted. We actually lose money like for every hour we're down. So, Right. So is that the perception from the business side? Because I know there's an IT perspective. You and I have been talking about it. We're both very familiar with it. How did the business see that? Was this, you know, downtime the big driver for justification of getting the right solution here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the, the largest one for sure because, you know, again, they saw where we were challenged by when those things happen, you know, varying levels of response, right? So you may have a good partner that can really support you in those areas, but you may not, right? Right. Or you may be relying on uh, the maintenance guy who's remote hands, right? And that's fine for racking a stack and something, but that's all, that's limitation of what he can do, right? So right. if something doesn't work right or the cabling is not correct, we're still down, right? So clearly the driver from the business perspective is that. Um, I think beyond that is performance and, and you know, stabilization operationally, like, what can we put in place that we can rely on? And that's, I think that was maybe their, their feedback to me was also like beyond just a downtime uh, situation or outage, what can you put in place that's more reliable? You know, more, you know, we know what's going to happen. We know how to respond to it. We know how to support it. 
those kind of things. Right. Gotcha. So how did you hear about Expedient? How did it come, you know, to interview as a possible solution? And tell me a little bit about that journey as you went through looking at this as a possible solution. How did you guys uh, make, you know, what was it that made you make that decision to go with the Expedient Edge? Sure. Yeah. So I think initially, obviously, I knew Expedient. Um, this is a company, right, from from my days in Columbus, um, meeting folks down there. Uh, when the opportunity initially came up where we had a choice to make to refresh infrastructure or go to the cloud, we evaluated Expedient versus AWS and Azure and Google Cloud and made the decision to go with Expedient and had a really good success story, a very positive response, a very easy path to get there. So that obviously made us more likely to think about you guys again when something came up. And so I think it was a combination of our prior experiences being so positive and then, you know, the relationship I have with, with my account manager as, as new opportunities or solutions come up, just to that back and forth of, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that, right? Because obviously in technology, I can't know everything, right? No one does, right? right? So, right. so him bringing something to, into the view that I didn't even wasn't aware of, right? So that right. was kind of what started the process. And then really kind of digging into the, the what of what the edge solution is. Mm-hmm. Um, Discovery was a really cool solution and actually kind of almost like surprised in a way no one else is doing it, right? Because yeah. it seems like such a no-brainer at the time when you think about it, but like clearly there's nothing else like it out there. So Yeah, no, I agree. And actually um, we leverage uh, HP equipment. In fact, we drop ship from them when it goes to you. So after you place the order and talking with some of their engineers not too long ago, it was like, who else is doing something like this? They said there's not really anybody who is wrapping it the way we are so that when we drop it in place, it's actually phoning home and based on what you ordered, configuring the system, automation, yep. and setting you up to go. But tell us a little bit more about your perspective on what it did, because I know you have experience with edge systems. So what? what was that like compared to how it used to be done and having the opportunity to do it in this way that you didn't even know existed? Yeah, I mean, I think... As you said, there's been people who have tried to do something similar in the past. I mean, the technology wasn't there. Um, you know, I think even in my own past, there was an HP sort of uh, solution that was out there, gosh, 10, 15 years ago, but it was still full-size gear, right? So, right. you know, one use server, one use switches, right? So the footprint was still the footprint. Right. Um, I think what makes this really different and unique is it's more than a sentence of hardware. I mean, I think that's probably actually somewhat the easy part as much as I don't, I hate to make light of it being easy to reduce all that into a small box because right. it's not, but it's the support otherwise, right? So I think from our perspective or my team's perspective, right, as we see people getting out of sort of the hardware administration business, right, right, that's a different skill set and one that's a bit aging, Um also, you know, trying to recruit for virtualization expertise, like maybe not the place that we add the most value. Right. And you giving us a solution that has those things in place that you're saying, hey, here it is. Here's the hardware. Here's the virtualization. You put what you want on top of it. And here's the, the compute you need based on what we learned about you, right? Right. It just makes it easy for my team then to just take off with it and to start using it as opposed to how do we got to configure it and set it up. I know, by the way, who's going to help support us because, you know, again, I don't have experts, right? I mean, you know, you know, unless you're in a massive IT organization where you can have 
a virtualization team and a server team. I have an infrastructure team and they cut all gamuts from networking to server administration to, to sand. Right. So it was those things that really drew me to it. Cause that's a major solve, right? A major challenge. Yeah. And in, in edge systems, especially when it's all over the country or all over the world, uh, you spoke about it before, you know, break fix at the hardware level, networking, the virtualization, finding somebody who can do that so that you don't have all these different solutions across those different areas is huge, especially for your team, because when they're working in their own data center, there's a lot of problems that go away that aren't there when yeah. you're working with all those different edge systems. Yeah, I think there's a good point that you made that we, we hadn't really touched on yet is, again, sameness, right? I think that repeatable process, it then makes it easier for us too, right? So if we deploy it, even if I have a person in, let's say again, Boise or Cypress, California, where we have sites, we know it can expect the same behaviors, right? So I'm not, you know, I might have to otherwise go buy one Dell server here, one Dell server there, maybe they're different models, et cetera, but like, this is the same, right? Yeah. That repeatable process again, it's even more attractive to us because those surprises, right? Right. Not, not those kind of challenges. Um, once we've kind of learned how to use one, we know what to expect from, you know, future deployments. So again, that repeatable process is probably worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And to me, when I think about the box, because it is something that's small enough to be carried in a, you know, carry on case, literally when you get on the plane, it would go in the overhead. Um, no spinning discs. I mean, this thing is meant to take really high temperatures, which in most manufacturers, especially those that are spread around, it's getting stuck in a closet somewhere that's typically pretty grungy. Tell me a that's, bit about your experience. Man, that's of another amazing solve for us because, we, I mean, literally before you guys introduced that to us, we were looking to build out pseudo server rooms at all of our edge sites. Right. So now we got to, you know, take, take it beyond the janitor closet. We got to have power. We got to have AC. May have to rerun all the network gear into that room, right? How do we lock it down? Yep. That solves a whole other issue that we, you know, we're trying to start to solve of here's one construction project after another. Because to your point, like in our sort of um, environment, a lot of the companies we've acquired as we built race winning brands have been, for lack of a better description, small mom pop shops, right? right. So the IT room really is after thought, right? So, but at the same time, that's there's a cybersecurity risk concern there, right? So we were solving it again the traditional way, which is why I love the solution because it's like such a modern solution for an age-old problem. But like we would have built a room out and put AC in there, put power in there, and then hopefully the guy the rack actually fit into the room, you know, and then secure the room. And now it's like it gives us so many more options, right? right? Because it's so small. And again, I'm still shocked by how small it is. We'll, we'll go to our server room here a little bit and and show you the other racks and show you the little footprint that this is in. Yep, yep. No, that's amazing. And I think when we spoke once before, you mentioned something about the fact that there are things that you do to innovate so that on the factory floor, you're using applications that are changing how you're making things. But right now, you guys are in a position where you like the way things are. What you're trying to do is optimize and modernize those servers and those systems that are behind the scenes, correct? Yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, I think that's, that's a great point. I mean, Again, back to the, we know we have a hybrid model, right? There's some, some form factor that needs to remain, you know, on the edge side, whether it's Active Directory or a file server, or in our case, a lot of shop floor tools, right? Right. And those shop floor tools will always need to stay behind, right? Because of 
the chattiness, you know, that they have or performance would be degraded, you know, trying to go across the internet to a cloud solution, perhaps, right? That's always going to be there. We accept that. So we're trying to optimize that situation, that environment. Um, but again, the old school way, right? Throwing more resources at things, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And so this changes that whole narrative. Right. Oh, and forget the fact that it's like an OPEX cost versus a CAPEX cost. Like that's a whole nother piece. Like, right. So I, because of the technical debt, we would have been, you know, full on replacing sites one by one by one. Right. Oh, that's a giant capex. cost. Yeah. 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 It's funny when I think about it and I've been in this business for a number of decades, things like vMotion when it came out. I was so surprised that you could just move something while it was turned on. Then disaster recovery came out where you're doing what we call push button DR. And I can not only move everything, but if I want to move an application, I can. And now we have these systems to your point. Here's a box, small. You can drop it on the floor, put it in a rack. It's easy to run. You plug in a few cables, it dials home and sets itself up. I really felt like, and I think I hear you saying this, like, this is new. This is something I didn't know I didn't know. Well, it's, it's not only new, but it's it's transformational in the way of like, if I think about other things I wanted, when I, when I go to the cloud, one of the other opportunities is that someone else is supporting that system and it gives me opportunities for backup and DR, as you said. That's also part of this, right? So that's, right. that's even beyond like, we're already one over without that stuff, but now you're giving us like cloud-like support right. and backup and DR functionality too. Like, that's like a solve beyond the solve. That's what I mean. It's so transformational. Like, it's one thing just to have the hardware. That would be a great thing. We would buy it every day, like we already are, right? But like the fact that it does more than that, yeah, that's what even sets it apart. Where like as we talked about, it's like vMotion. It's almost that groundbreaking. Right, right. We call it distributed cloud because we can literally run Kubernetes there if we wanted to. Most of the solutions in our portfolio, whether it's monitoring or logging or micro segmentation, and as you mentioned, backups, DR, etc. Those things can run on that box, which we find our customers really love. But, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add to what we're talking about as far as what this was for you and where you think, see things going now that you have this in place? No, I mean, I think it opens up lots of possibilities that we hadn't considered before, right? So, you know, like a lot of people were going through a budgeting cycle, right? And so, you know, before that would be a challenge to think about what do we do with these edge sites? Um, it also helps us to plan for future acquisitions. So, again, now we have a very, you know, concrete footprint, a very fixed cost that we can anticipate, right? So when we go to say, hey, we're going to buy XYZ company, IT can come right in and say, this is going to be the cost. Right. We're going to drop this right in. It'll replace wall that they have already. And it's very supported. We don't need to add a person, right? So it makes those, what would be an, a year or 18 months for a transition from an acquisition, it shrinks that, right, considerably. And again, I think the possibilities are endless, but like those are the things that get me excited about it. Yeah. Yep. And how did the uh, install go for you? I know in past customers, we've actually had them say, you guys went faster than we were ready for. <laughs> What's that for you? That was exactly our reaction. So it showed up and I think we were surprised it showed up so fast. Right. So I think we were, we were told like, Hey, anticipate this, but like, again, given the supply chain uh, challenges that have kind of you know, lingered on post COVID. I have. That was not our expectation. And then one day it's here. And then if, if anything, oh crap, we weren't ready for it. Right. So we had to react to that, which we have. But like, again, how often do people over deliver anymore? Right. And right. so I think, again, it just is a testament to you guys and the service offering because, again, 
had it faster sooner, right? And the cool thing, I mean, one of the things I'll mention is we, beyond the edge sites, we've actually deployed it here, which is our headquarters as well, right? So kind of to your point, like the, the opportunities are endless in that it does solve an edge feat, you know, solution or edge challenge, but we're actually going to do it here too, because I want my, my folks that are here that operate off this site to focus on other things that add value and not be the hardware administrator, the server administrator, the SAN administrator, right? All those things. So we've even done it at our headquarters. Yeah. And it's amazingly powerful. I mean, you can easily run a hundred VMs on that yeah. box. So uh, for what you're doing here, it really covers the gamut for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll see it. I think the, the a picture of it will be the testament to like yeah. the empty racks versus the little box that sits there. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, this has been fantastic. Before we close, is there anything else you want to add to a conversation here? Oh, gosh. Again, you know, I think I shared with you, like, there was a point in time in my career where there was a solution we were trying to, to work out similar to this. And while it was successful, not the same reach of success, again, in part because the technology wasn't there. But again, I think to me that the value add really is the sort of other cloud attributes that come with it, right? Those are the things that really sold us beyond just the fact that it reduces footprint and phones home. The fact that you treat it like this is an extension of the cloud service you already offer us yeah. is really the differentiator. Yeah, so could I summarize that saying that it was really like giving you something as a service for all those components we talked about, even the break fix, we take care of that for you on location. Yep. So that I, I know from personal experience makes a big difference for the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great. Brad. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Appreciate this it. It's great.